hello and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Join us as we have different guests and topics that address what's going on in our world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world. everyone welcome back to gtp i'm so honored and blessed you're taking out time to join us again today uh listen man we are uh in a little series we're calling um overcoming disappointment and uh the first uh episode of it actually technically was the emotions of faith although we didn't uh say that that was part of the series i'm just realizing now like whoa that totally fits with inside the series so the first message was the emotions of faith we'll count that and then we'll say the second message obviously where i kind of introduced the concept of overcoming disappointment is um living unoffended with god today we're talking about overcoming disappointment the law of the hand and i know that might seem a little bit weird like what does that have to do with overcoming disappointment well we're going to look at a story of a band who dealt with disappointment in a pretty drastic way and we're going to see how that uh, connects with the law of the hand uh, Ephesians 9 and verse 10 of course our text has to do with whoever believes in me the Bible says will not be offended that's what Jesus said about uh, the, the John the Baptist excuse me there and uh, we saw in another translation I believe was the uh, Aramaic Bible in plain English. It said, whoever believes in me uh, is not suspicious of me. Blessed is the one who's not suspicious of me. And so that's what we're dealing with in this. But I want to talk about the law of the hand. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10, and we'll see how this all fits in. He says here, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Every single one of us, whether you want to admit it or not, we are on our way to a grave. <laughs> it's just a part of life. Uh, death is a part of life because of the curse and things that happen when Adam ate of the fruit. Uh, death is, is, a, is just a part of it. Now, there's a generation that won't see death. Uh, Jesus will return. I believe that that, that to be the case. Uh, Shitty Terry is coming, though. And if he tarries, it's coming just a little, just 20 minutes, God time, right? Because a day with the Lord is as a, as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. So if that's the case and we do the math, then I mean, if God just waited, let's say he waited two more years, his time. Well, everybody you know of would be God, right? Right. Everybody you know of would have been, we would have had so many different cycles take place in that short amount of time. So we got to realize every single one of us are headed to the grave. And here's what he's saying. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there's no work, device, knowledge, wisdom in the grave where you are going. There are so there's so much potential. You want to see where the greatest potential is, where the greatest potential lies. I'll tell you where the, the the greatest potential is. It's in the graveyard. There's so many people who have died and have without stepping out and doing what God told them to do or stepping out and doing what they knew on the inside they were supposed to do. Maybe they didn't know the Lord uh, personally, but they had an inkling that there was something they were supposed to do that was good and beneficial for mankind, and they didn't do it. This is why he says, whatever you find to do, whatever. I love that he says, whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever you find to do. This whatever, like I said, it has to do with something that is beneficial, with something that will help, uh, like we said earlier, will help 
mankind. Or in our case, those of us who are born again will help our fellow believers. We'll help the people around us. <laughs> Not a selfish thing. You know what? Uh, I want to go here in Colossians chapter three, because Colossians chapter three says something similar in the New Testament. He says it like this in Colossians three twenty three: whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus. There's a principle of the law of the hand that we see all throughout scripture. Ecclesiastes says, whatever your hand finds to do. I like that it says whatever your hand finds to do because it has to do. He didn't say whatever your eyes find to do. Uh, you know, uh, for the purpose of this, let's just say you're in the dark. You ever been in the dark? We're talking about overcoming disappointment. This is this is aligned with overcoming disappointment in life. You ever been in the dark in your life? You felt like you were supposed to be at a certain place at a certain time. Maybe life was going good. Then all of a sudden a great curveball is thrown your way and you feel like you're in the dark. What do you do naturally if you find yourself in the dark all of a sudden? Well, you, what what I naturally have done, let me just speak to myself. What I naturally would do is I would t take my hand and put my hand out in front of me and feel around. Why? Because there's just there's a natural tendency when you're in the dark to use your hand to find something to grab. Well, let's say it like this in the purpose of the, the, the scripture here to find something to do. I believe that this scripture can apply to when you and I find ourselves in that dark place, in a place where we don't know exactly what to do next. He says, whatever your hand finds to do, do that with all your might. Colossians says, do it heartily, do it as unto the Lord. Yeah, I know that you feel like you're called to do something else. And just because your hand is finding something to do doesn't mean that that's what you're going to be doing the rest of your life. There are times and seasons to things you understand. And in between these seasons, in between these places that you find yourself in, we all find ourselves in, what we can do <laughs> is stretch out our hand and find something to do in the meantime. Oh, this is already good. Deuteronomy talks about this law and principle of the hand. The Lord made a promise. He said, I'll open to you the good treasure, the heavens, and give you rain to your, uh, to your land in this season. And I will bless, here it is, all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Now, borrowing is not a sin. You know, don't get caught up in condemnation if you have borrowed. Just know that there is God's best. Remember what we said in the Living Unoffended with God episode. Uh, don't tw twist the word to fit w your lack of experience, right? Believe God to elevate your experience to match the word. We know that there is a place in God where we can lend and not borrow. Just because we haven't got there yet doesn't mean we should be discouraged. But watch what he says here. That's just a side note. Watch what he says here in Deut Deuteronomy 28 and 12. I will bless the work of your hand. Notice this, ladies and gentlemen. God blesses. God gives you and I the power to get wealth. God does not give wealth. God gives the power to get it. That word power in the Hebrew has to do with a channel, has to do with uh, being able to, uh, has to do with a, a transactional thing. You, you doing something and that bringing about 
wealth. Well, in other words, what I'm saying is a lot of times, especially in the word of faith circles that I grew up around, I don't know where you grew up around listening to this podcast, uh, but what I grew up on is in the word of faith, a lot of people just believe that God was going to make money fall on you and make blessings. Let's just say blessings in, in general. We're talking about money if we're in this part, but this also can include any blessing, that, that all the blessings of God were just going to fall on them like a ripe cherry off of a tree because they made a couple confessions. There's nothing wrong with confessing the word. I believe it's of utmost importance. How we're born again is by confession. Uh, But the Bible says that faith without corresponding action is dead. There has to be something you're doing. Not just something you're saying, there's something you're doing too. Uh, God says that he'll give you power to get wealth. And that's where the law of the hand comes into play. Now, that's a whole nother episode right there. We'll talk about that in more detail here soon about Deuteronomy uh, 8, 18. Now here, Deuteronomy 30 and verse uh, 9 says this, the Lord will make you abound in every work of your hand in the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock, produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. Notice this, God says, I will make you abound in all the work of your hand. As the saying goes, God will bless the work of your hands, but he cannot bless the seed of your pants. I'm going to say it again. God will bless the work of your hands, but he cannot bless the seed of your pants. Man, I'm telling you what, I'm going to be transparent. I need to hear this message right now, guys. I tell you. How, how do we how do you overcome disappointment? Here's another way to overcome disappointment It's by implementing the law of the hand. Mm. Oh, man. First Samuel 10, six through seven. Remember, Ecclesiastes says whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Now, I want to look at this in first Samuel, chapter 10, verse six through seven. And we see this this term used again. Uh, the work of your hand, working, uh, whatever your hand finds to do, right? This is after um, S- uh, Samuel had anointed Saul to be king of Israel, the first king of Israel. And here's what he says will happen. Here's the confirming signs that he has been anointed to be king. Then the Lord, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. This is Samuel talking to Saul. And you will prophesy with them. He says there's going to be a band of prophets and you'll see them coming. This is one of the signs. And the spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you and you'll prophesy with them. And watch what else he says. And you'll be turned into another man. And let it be. Watch this part. Here it is. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands. For God is with you. I only have one real point. We're going to look at a story here later about a man where the law of the hand applies to him and how he overcame disappointment by implementing the law of the hand. We're going to come to him in a second. But I want to say this. This is my only point for the episode. He said, what did it say? What does Samuel say to Saul here? Let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands. For God is with you. Here's something I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, about the law of the hand. The law of the hand does whatever the occasion demands. The law of the hand 
does whatever the occasion demands. When he says do as the occasion demands, it literally means do what your hand shall find. Same wordage, same Hebrew words that we see in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. He says, do what your hand will find. Undertake boldly whatever presents itself. Here's what it is. This is when calling meets opportunity. Yes, I know you you feel called. You feel that you're called to do great things for God. Here's what you got to be looking for now, opportunity. Come on now. The law of the hand. It's as if he said, I can't give you particular directions about every single thing that you're supposed to do, but God's spirit will guide you to that which the, which the present occasion requires. Ooh. God's spirit will guide you to that which the present occasion requires. He does not intend that, that he should take the kingly government upon himself, uh, Saul should, before his call. Uh, what he's saying here is that there must be a readiness for undertaking any public service when he's called to his office. You should be ready to do anything, not just these particular things. See, that's what I think where we miss it. We think we get our uh, presumption. We start being presumptuous. We said that presumption is the breeding ground for disappointment, presuming assuming this, that, and the third. And then when we get to that place uh, and we say, well, I'm called, so now it's going to look like this. That's where disappointment comes in. That's where I've been disappointed. I guarantee that's where you've been disappointed in the past. But here's what we got to remember. When the anointing comes, when we are anointed, when we are called, what we must look for now is opportunity. What we must do now is whatever the occasion demands <laughs> the law of the hand does whatever the occasion demands yes there you are called but there there's a time where calling must meet opportunity proverbs uh, 22 29 says this do you see a man who excels in his work he will stand before kings he will not stand before unknown men There's got to be this place of excelling at our work, going after what God's called us to do. Man, I'm telling you, I'm living this right now. I'm going through this season right now. I'm believing God for, for, I'm believing God for the Merle Ministries to come up to a higher level. I'm believing God uh, to see uh, a breakthrough in in some areas. And here's where, here's how it's going to happen. It's through the law of the hand. God blesses the, the, the work of the hands. It's by finding opportunity. My goodness. It's by being led by the Spirit of God to do whatever the occasion demands. That See, I knew I was called and anointed to be a, a minister when I was seven years old. Man, oh man, I used to I used to preach with a with a with a clothes hamper as my pulpit, man, when I was a little guy. I always knew this is what I was supposed to do. Before you could record a podcast, I used to record over cassette tapes and record my messages. I did. It was always there. It was always in my heart. But ladies and gentlemen, even though I knew I was anointed, let me say it like this. Even though I knew I was called, I didn't have many opportunities. Uh, See, here's what you do. You do what the occasion demands. God, come on, man. Yes, you're called to greatness. 
Yes, you're going to do great things for the kingdom of God. And I know you may be disappointed because you don't see you're not where you feel like you're supposed to be. And I feel like that even the person you're looking up to, they probably feel the exact same way at times. (laughs) That not just that they have felt that way. I guarantee you that most of them still feel that way, that they have not arrived to where they're supposed to be. Well, because the things of the God are always going up. It's one level of glory to another level. Here's what we must not do, though. We must not we must not neglect opportunity because we uh, Lord Jesus, help me say this just right. We must not neglect opportunity because of we're prideful about our calling. Does that make sense? You, You can't allow pride to come in and let pride negate and cause you to thumb your nose up at opportunity. Yes, I know that you feel called to do your own thing, but there will be opportunities to help somebody else do their thing. For Jesus said, if you're not faithful in that which is another man's, how am I going to give you that which is your own? So instead of us looking at magnifying the calling, what we need to be doing is looking for opportunity. (laughs) Opportunity to help others, serve others. I'm reminded of the prophet Elisha. He washed the hands of the prophet Elijah. He was called, but that calling takes a back seat to opportunity. Opportunity is what we're looking for. We are looking to do whatever the occasion demands. Like I said, that doesn't mean you're going to be doing that forever. I knew I was called to do ministry when I was a young guy, but what I looked for was opportunities, opportunities in my youth group. When we moved to Branson, Missouri, I was a part of a youth group opportunities to help there, to serve there. I didn't even fully realize what I was doing. But what did we say when we were talking about doing as the occasion demands? The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to these opportunities that will present themselves, these occasions that will arise. (laughs) I'm telling you, these are some nuggets right here, and this will help you overcome disappointment. What will help you and I to overcome disappointment is staying busy. Staying busy with the principle of the law of the hand and whatever our hand finds to do, we're doing it heartily as unto the Lord. This is how you overcome disappointment. If you just stay down in the dumps, if you just say, man, I'm not where I want to be, man, I'm not seeing what I want to see, then you will give up and you'll faint and your strength will be proven small because the Bible says if you faint in a day of adversity, your strength is small. But if you and I, by the help of the Holy Spirit, will look ahead, will look forward with an eye of faith and look back with an eye of gratitude, we will see where God has brought us from and be thankful, and that thanksgiving will birth more faith for us to keep put our hand to the plow and not look back and draw back in perdition and draw back and disqualify ourselves. And I want to look at this story here, the story of a man named Joseph. Joseph, I believe, depicts perfectly, nobody else in scripture shows us the law of the hand in operation more than Joseph does. Joseph is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are so many types uh, that it's it's, it's uncanny, man. He was sold by his brethren for money. My goodness. He was sold by those that, that, that were supposed to love him for money. We understand that. He was envied by his brethren. They envied the Lord Jesus. It's one of the reasons why they killed him. Primary reason why they killed him. Any different things that are going on here. We see that that uh, 
I mean, I tell you, I don't want to get into all the parallels, then it's going to be a whole nother podcast. I'm going to give you one more. Here's one more little good one I'll give you. We see that Jesus was hung on a cross between two thieves. One was repented, one got, one was saved, and one was not, mocked and was not. Joseph was in the prison and what happened? There was two people that were in prison because uh, commentaries believe that there was uh, a, a coup, there was a, a, a going on, there was a plot against uh, the Pharaoh of the day. And somebody was wanting to kill him. Pharaoh didn't know who it was. He knew it was either the, the baker or, or the guy who uh, dealt with his wine, if I'm not mistaken. And so he said, put them both in prison. So they were both in jail. Right. And it turned out the baker was the one. If I'm if my memory serves, I'm trying to remember Joseph, King of Dreams. Y'all y'all remember Joseph, King of Dreams. Y'all see that growing up? I saw Joseph, King of Dreams growing up, man. You know better than I. You know the way I've let go the need to know why I'll take what answers you supply. Come on now. You know better than I. But anyway, that's that's another thing. Uh, I think, was that Ben Affleck that was in that? Let me get back on That's a whole other thing. Let me get back. It's, it's in context, though. It's not too big of a rabbit trail like I have done in the past, right? So anyway, what happened, though? One was saved and one was not. You see this? You see how uh, these parallels are going on here? Now, look at this in the, in the life of Joseph. Genesis chapter 37 uh, and starting along about verse three, it says, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. Skip on down to verse nine. Then he dreamed still another dream. And told it to his brothers, saying, look, I dreamed another dream. This time, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. Skip down to verse 11. And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Here's the thing that got Joseph in trouble. Joseph was a talker, and talking alone won't cut it. Talking alone won't get it done. Talking alone won't get it done. Proverbs 14, 23 says, in all labor, there is profit. Let me read that again. In all labor, there is profit. Don't ever let the enemy make you feel inadequate because you're, you're, the job that you have isn't this grandiose thing. Don't let the devil make you full of pride because the job that you have would be considered a more a luxurious thing. You got to watch for both ditches, right? But the, the Bible says in all labor, there is profit. All of it. Doesn't matter what it is. If it's honest labor, there's profit. But idle chatter, he goes on to say, idle words lead only to poverty. And that's what happened to Joseph. Joseph was talking a lot and he wasn't working as much as he was talking. And see, there are some things you don't need to be telling people. There are some things that you just keep close to the chest. You don't have to broadcast everything. <laughs> The complete Jewish Bible says it this way, in all work, there is profit, but mere talk produces only poverty. Now, let's go back and look at the life of Joseph. So I'm, I'm wanting to paint something here. We're talking about the law of the hand. It's over. This is how you overcome disappointment. It's through the law of the hand. This is another way to do it. It's the law of the hand. Because Joseph had these dreams. 
He had these aspirations that were legitimately from the Lord. We find out that they are from the Lord. He is dreaming dreams from God, right? But he's sharing everything. He's talking a lot instead of doing. Now watch this. They sell, they, they sold Joseph into slavery. Genesis 39, one through six says this. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian. Some uh, translations bear out that uh, Potiphar was the primary butcher. Uh, in other words, Potiphar was the executioner. He was an executioner, uh, one of Pharaoh's top executioners. And that's who Joseph is working for, by the way. No pressure, right? <laughs> and he brought him from the, the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, watch this, and he was a successful man or a prosperous man in the old King James. Notice, this lets us know that prosperity has little to nothing to do with the dollar amount. Joseph literally has nothing, not nothing, nothing. And yet God refers to him as a prosperous man. It has little to nothing to do with dollar amount. He goes on to say he was, uh, he was in his master's house, the Egyptian, his master saw, I want you to hear that his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper. Watch this part in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put under his authority. But in the old King James, that would say under his hand. So it was from that time that he made Joseph overseer of his house and over all that he had. And the Lord blessed the Egyptians house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus, he left all he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now, notice this. The master saw. Uh, Potiphar saw something. Why is that important? Because you got to remember, Joseph is a Hebrew. He's a Hebrew boy, right? He doesn't speak. Egyptian. Oh, I love this. You remember the Bible says in, in Psalms 105, 19 about Joseph until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him or proved him by the afflictions. It appointed him to endure before his elevation. There were some things that Joseph had to go through that he had to endure. But watch this. Here's what I want you to get. Joseph can no longer talk because <laughs> he doesn't yet fully understand the language. When he first got there, let me say it like that. Joseph couldn't just talk. He couldn't just say, hey, you know, I got a dream. I got this. I got that. And by the way, Joseph would have been out of there. He would have been killed. He's, he, he's working for the, uh, the butcher. <laughs> and it wouldn't have gone well. So God puts him in a situation where he can't talk, but he can do. The law of the hand is a universal language. In other words, when he was see, when when Potiphar would see Joseph doing the work and not doing it just half heartedly, not doing it like he didn't want to be there. But at some point he found that law of the hand Joseph did and whatever his hand found to do in that moment, he did it with all of his might. Do you think Joseph had an opportunity to be disappointed? 
Do you think Joseph had an opportunity to be offended with God? You bet your bottom dollar. What did he do instead? Instead of yielding to disappointment, instead of saying, oh, woe is me, instead of saying, instead of sucking his thumb and saying, I miss mommy, what did he do instead? Instead of sucking his thumb and saying, I miss my service, I miss all this other stuff, what did he do instead? Instead, he implemented the law of the hand. Genesis 39, we see what happens. Potiphar's wife is there. Potiphar's wife wants to be with Joseph because Joseph is very handsome, which, by the way, if the Bible takes out time to say you're good looking, man, oh, man, are you good looking? I tell you what, man, that's better than being voted sexiest man alive on People. Is that People magazine? Whoever that is, man, you you want to trump that. I tell you what, Joseph was on. He would be on the cover. And he'd be the anybody in the Bible that God says takes out time to say they were beautiful or he takes out time to say they were handsome. Man, I tell you what, you better. The Bible is true. So if if he said that Joseph was good looking, my goodness, was this guy good looking. And so Potiphar's wife wanted to be with him. And so Joseph says, listen, I ain't got time for that. All right. Says I, I, I he's put everything in my authority. Potiphar has, but not you. What is he doing? It's still that law, the law of the hand. <laughs> He's saying, I got a steward. Now, she was thinking about another. But anyway, he said, I have to steward what's been given to me. And you haven't been given to me. What does she do? She said, oh, she, she cries out rape because he, she grabs him and he runs away. She cries out rape. And so Potiphar has him thrown in jail. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why I believe Potiphar didn't believe his wife. Because if Potiphar believed his wife, he would have killed Joseph. There's no way Joseph lives if Potiphar believes that his, his wife is telling the complete truth. I just can't see it. I don't see any way that Potiphar doesn't kill Joseph if he genuinely believes Joseph raped his wife. But Potiphar had to save face and say, well, I know he didn't do it, but I got to just throw him in jail. So they threw him in jail. And that's where we get to Genesis 39 and verse 19. Oh, my goodness. Watch this. Uh, skip on down to verse, uh, long about verse 20 or so. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison, excuse me there, committed to Joseph's hand. All the prisoners who were in the prison, what whatever they did there, it was his doing. The, the old King James says this, whatever was done there, Joseph was the doer of it. Does that, doesn't that ring a bell? The Bible says what we must be doers of the word and not hear it. This is good stuff. Joseph is overcoming. What is Joseph doing? He's overcoming disappointment left and right. He's got opportunity to be offended. But what, what did we say in the other episode? There are going to be times and situations where either Christ is going to be a stumbling block or he's going to be that rock that lifts you up, that elevates you. It depends upon your response. Are you going to choose to be offended with him or are you going to leave and rely and put your trust and hope in him completely? That's what Joseph did. 
He was overcoming disappointment. How did he overcome it? By implementing the law of the hand, by putting his hand to something, by finding something to do in the midst of great darkness. He was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. In the old King James, nothing, he didn't look at anything that was under Joseph's hand. Because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. I like that terminology. Whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Why? Because Joseph put his hand to something. What did God? What is the promise God makes? When you put your hands to something, I'm going to bless it. So don't give up. Don't allow disappointment to creep in. Find something to do. Even if you're sick in your body and you can't, you know, you're not able to do all that you want to do. There's something. There is something that you can do. If you're, there's some, there was a lady who was sick that I'm remembering, if I'm not, if I remember the story correctly, and she would just cut out coupons for people. She wasn't able to do all this stuff that she, that she could do. She didn't have money. She didn't have all that. I don't, I think she was elderly and I think there was some poor health involved along with some finances, not being where she wanted it to be. But I tell you what, she did that. Next thing you know, she had more prosperity. She had more help. She had more friends. Why? The law of the hand. She did something. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you what, I'm about to flip this table. If you will listen to what I'm saying and implement it in your life, it's going to change everything. I'm watching it change my life. It's in progress right now in my life. The law of the hand, putting your hand to something. Watch this, though. Now we see what happens. I alluded alluded to it earlier with uh, the types we see between Joseph and Jesus, where there was those uh, the men that Joseph interpret their dreams. By the way, when Joseph saw them in the prison, he said, why are you guys so sad? (laughs) That lets you know that Joseph was in a he was in a state of gladness, even in prison, because he's asking you, why are you sad, guys? So all that happens. Joseph tells the man who uh, Pharaoh brings back, don't forget me. But the man forgets Joseph. And then we go on here in Genesis 41, verse 14. Pharaoh had a dream. And so he wanted someone to interpret it. And then that's when the man remembered Joseph. And he said, oh, I know a man. (laughs) I know a guy. (laughs) So Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And he, Joseph, watch this, he shaved. Here's something else you got to realize. Joseph understood the culture that where he was. He shaved. Why? Now, see, in Hebrew culture, uh, to be clean shaven is bad. But with the Egyptians, to, to not be clean shaven is a no-go. So he, he he's adjusting. He's becoming all things to all people here. He's adjusting. He shaved, and he changed his clothing. That's another episode, too, just talking about the times that just next time you study Joseph, look at the times that he changed. His garment got kept changing over and over. And he came to Pharaoh and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've dreamed a dream. And there's no one who can interpret it. But I heard it said of you that you can understand the dream and interpret it. So Joseph, watch this, answered Pharaoh. What does this let us know? Joseph has now mastered the Egyptian language and dialect. Not just the language, but the dialect, pronunciation. He answered them and said, it's not in me. But God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. 
I, I told you, Joseph answered Pharaoh because he was now able to speak the language. We see this when his brothers come later on in Genesis 42, 23. They did not know that Joseph understood them, talking about his brothers when they came back to see him, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. So Joseph was so proficient at this because you can you can speak in Spanish, you can speak in different languages, but we can still hear that that twang. Right. Just like if I spoke in a different language, you could still hear my accent. But Joseph had gotten it so down that not only did he speak the language, but he had the accent. <laughs> what is that? That's another for me. That's another demonstration of the law of the hand. His hand was finding to do that. He said, well, here's what I'm at. Here's where I'm going through. I might as well figure out how to speak. Come on now. Do y'all see this? Oh, I'm telling you, I'm, I don't mean to yell at you, but do you see this, man? It's the law of the hand. It's instead of yielding to disappointment, instead of doing that, finding something to do. The law of the hand. Remember what we said about uh, Saul. The law of the hand does whatever the occasion demands. The law of the hand is when calling meets opportunity. Joseph was called to rule. Joseph was called to be in this place, but God had to put him in some opportunity. He had to remove him from where he was because where he was, he was just talking and he had to get him to a place and an opportunity where he was now doing. He was acting on things and the word of God was trying him, refining him and grooming him to this point we're at right now. And Joseph did interpret the dream and Joseph had divine wisdom and strategy. He knew how to portion out food from being with the prisoners. He knew how to do that because he was placed over that. So that would be involved, feeding the prisoners. So he used that same wisdom in knowing what to do. We're going to have famine. We got we to gotta lay in store. We got to make a quota. Joseph actually, by the help of the Spirit, gives you, I'm not going to tell you where it is, though. I ain't going to do all your studying for you. Joseph, by the help of the Spirit, lays out for you your budgeting plan. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get some text messages about that. Some people are going to be on my DMs. They're going to message me at I am Elijah Merle. And they're going to be like, wait a minute, Elijah. What are you talking about, Joseph? You mean Joseph went over how to budget? He goes over how to budget. He tells you exactly how you need to budget. And that's before the law of Moses. So I believe it still applies to us today. But that's another episode. But all this came because he went through things. All this came because he implemented the law of the hand. Watch this. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off of his hand <laughs> and put it on Joseph's hand. And he clothed him. <laughs> there it is again in garments of fine linen. And put a gold chain around his neck. Joseph was dripped out. The drip was real. This is, by the way, it says Joseph's hand. By the way, this is the seventh mention of Joseph's hand. So that would let us know before this, there was only six. Six in the Bible represents the number of man or man's diligence. But seven is the number of God's finished work. So the seventh time Joseph's hand is mentioned, we see a completed work. First Samuel six, first Samuel 10, 
6 through 7. Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you. You're going to prophesy. All this great stuff is going to happen. Here's what you do. See that you do as the occasion demands. The law of the hand does whatever the occasion demands. Don't allow offense to come in. Don't get discouraged. I know what it's like. Trust me, I know in, in what I'm dealing with. I don't know what you're going through, but I know the, the frustration is what I'm saying of doing something that seems like it's not working. But keep your hand to it. God made a promise that he'll bless what you, what, what you, you and I put our hand to. Amen. The law of the hand does whatever the occasion demands. Father God, thank you so much for this time, this season. We can make the commitment that we will not be weary in well-doing. We make the commitment that we will not be offended with you, but that we will find things to do to glorify you and to help our fellow man, to help our, our fellow believers. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I love you so much. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know that the podcast is blessing you. My name's Elijah Merle. Don't you ever forget this now. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. To find out more, visit our website at merleministries.com.